Paul is reminding the uh, church at Corinth uh, and us as a church in Pearl that it matters how you live your life uh, as a child of God. He's been making that point and he's um, continuing to do that. And he uses the example of the Israelites in uh, Egypt as they're coming out of Egypt and wandering around in the desert. And you know, sometimes uh, in life, we as God's people wander in the desert, don't we? Uh, and it's not because you know, God has left us, it's because we've not walked with God and we're not where he wants us to be. And so we end up being someplace we're not supposed to be. Uh, and so Paul wants us to have that image in our minds. So let's take a look, beginning in verse uh, 1, and we're going to read through this, verse 15 this morning. It says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized in Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all, all were of the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Not let us uh, tempt Christ as some of them also tempted. And were destroyed by serpents. Not complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written uh, for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Therefore, my beloved, free from, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. And so Paul uh, wants the church to remember uh, that it matters how you live and reminds us that we as we live are being an example uh, to other believers and to future generations, even um, you know we you know one of the most encouraging things that we can do as God's children is read biographies of uh, Christian uh, leaders and missionaries. There's lots of great ones. There's uh, several different series out, and you can find them on Amazon or ChristianBooks.com or um, here at the local Christian bookstore. Oftentimes has this little series and. Uh, on uh, different uh, men and women who God served. And that's so encouraging as we read and we hear the struggles that they faced as they served the Lord. And yet they endured and they pressed on and God used them in mighty ways. 
Why is that so encouraging? Because if God can use them and God was with them, it's a reminder to us He'll be with us. And Paul wants to remind us that just as God was with the children of Israel in the desert as they were wandering on their way to the promised land and led them, and Paul makes the uh, announcement that that rock that was following them with that cloud and the fire by night so they could get where they needed to go was Christ. Uh, Christ has always been uh, and will always be, of course, he in human form, came on Christmas morning uh, so many years ago, whenever that was. Um, But Paul says, listen, you need to remember and understand some important truths. You need to first realize that people are watching you and people are counting on you to live for Christ. You need to know, especially adults, you need to know that there are young eyes watching you. They may not be your family. Some of you do have children and you have grandchildren. And they're watching you to see how you live or how you don't live for Christ. But there are other children that are not even related to you. Some in this church, some outside the church that know you're a child of God and they're watching you. Whether you think, you know, kids pick up a lot more than what we as adults give them credit for. And they hear a lot more than what we think they hear. And by the way, when they hear it, it comes out of their, they repeat it. And when they see you behave a certain way, whether you like it or they're probably going to follow your example. And so Paul says, you remember there's little eyes watching you. And so you need to be sure you're showing them the right thing. Well, I want us to to see this morning that there's, I think, three uh, things that Paul wants us to be an example of. And, And the first is this, that there's an example of choices. The reality is every one of us makes choices every day. Sometimes we make good choices. But the reality for all of us is occasionally we make bad choices sometimes. And we do things we know better than to do. Just like the children of Israel, Paul said, you know what? They all, every one of them, had the same spiritual heritage. They had the same spiritual resources. And yet some of them didn't take advantage of those. They didn't utilize those resources. And so they committed adultery, and they committed idolatry, and they did just crazy stuff. Um, And so guess what happened? The children of Israel wandered around in the desert for 40 years. An entire generation died in the wilderness and was not able to enter into the promised land. Why did that happen? Because of their disobedience. And if you go back and you read the, the Old Testament And Paul reminds us again here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that God gives and made sure that history was recorded as an example and admonition to us not to repeat the history of those Israelites that died in the world. And, you know, that we all have choices to make. We have resources and we have choices. We we choose whether we're going to live for God or whether we're going to live for self. We choose whether we're going to do right or whether we're going to do wrong. Now, all of us probably have uttered the word or this excuse, the devil made me do it. 
I, I didn't do it. Why, the devil made me do it. And mankind has been using that excuse since the beginning because Adam said the same thing. He said, Adam said, hey, it's this woman you gave me. It's not my fault. I just did what she said. And Eve said, hey, that serpent deceived me. Not my fault. Here's the reality. Although mankind has been saying it's Satan's fault and Satan made him do it, Satan has no authority over you as a child of God to make you do anything. And we need to understand that. So when you do something sinful and you do something contrary to God's will, it wasn't Satan that made you do it. You chose to do it. So understand that you have real choices to make. God, when God saves us, we become saved by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He does not make us do that. Sometimes I wish He did. Sometimes I wish He would just make everybody get saved. Our world would be a much better place if it was full of saved people. Like, Lord, come on. You can do it. You're all powerful. Make it happen. And yet, that's not the way God works. Because, yes, He's all powerful, but He also is a loving and a just God. He doesn't want to force us to do anything. He won't force us to do anything. He will allow us to exercise our free will to either accept Him or reject Him. But the Scripture is also clear that that doesn't stop when we ask Christ to come into our life and we're saved. It says, now we're a child of God. And I ask you something, all of you here today are children of somebody. Every one of you. Did you always, every time your mom or your dad or your grandma or grandma or whoever it was that you lived with that raised you, did 100% of the time you do what they told you? I want you to stand up if you did. 100% of the time you did what you were told. Ain't nobody standing except me, and I'm standing because I'm the preacher, but... I'm sitting down for that. None of us did that. But here's the thing. We had the ability to do it. But we chose not to. Because mom or dad or whoever told us to do something we didn't want to do or told us not to do something that we wanted to do. And so we did it anyway. We chose. We made a choice. And the same is true. God has revealed His will in His Word, and He's given us the Holy Spirit as God's children to guide us and direct us. And if you read God's Word and you don't understand what you're supposed to do, and you pray and you say, God, please show me what to do, the Scriptures say that the Holy Spirit will show you what you're to do. But here's the thing. A lot of times when we know what we're supposed to do, we don't do it. Because it's not what we want. And God says, okay, you can make that choice if you want to. Even after we're saved, we can make that choice. But here's the second thing that Paul challenges us on and he says listen not only do you need to be an example of choices but you need to set an example for others that there are consequences to the choices that you make now when we hear consequences that for most of us because most of us grew up we made bad choices and so the consequences were us getting grounded or getting a whooping or getting something taken you know 
consequences were not good. And if consequences were not good for it, it was because you made bad decisions. But here's the thing, when you make good decisions, good consequences result. And so Paul reminds us, hey, listen, there's these people, they were out in the wilderness, they made some choices. And they made some very bad choices, and because of the choices that they freely made, even though they had, you know, God followed them, God was in the midst of them, God provided for them, God delivered them. Now, I know we have hindsight, you know, we have that benefit. But I believe if I was there and God had just drowned Pharaoh and his army in the sea that I had just walked across on dry land, I believe I'd say, you know what, God is who he says he is and he means business and I better do what he says. Because I don't want what happened to Pharaoh happened to me. But they didn't. They continued to make sinful choices. And Paul reminds us that those sinful choices led to consequences that were bad. Many died. Paul said there were 23,000 in one day that died because of their uh, sexual uh, promiscuity. He said, don't be complainers and grumblers. So there were many of those. And the destroyer came and killed them. Well, the destroyer was not Satan. The destroyer was the angel of the Lord. God came and judged those folks. And an entire generation didn't make it to the promised land because of their willful disobedience to God. Because they made the choice, you know what, we know what we're supposed to do, but we're going to do what we want anyway. God said, okay, you do what you want, but then you're going to face the consequences. Use a, an example for us that, you, you know, when we uh, you know, eat a healthy diet, guess what happens? We've, we're healthier. When, you know, our blood sugar is where it's supposed to be, our body functions better, when our cholesterol is where it's supposed to be, you know, we have more energy and we're able to do things. But when we choose to not eat right, there's bad consequences, isn't there? Well, it's the same in our walk with Christ. Christ enables us, as we'll talk about that in just a minute. But there are consequences. When we follow Christ's example, when we follow his leadership, good things come from that. That doesn't mean that our life is going to be gravy and you know, we're just going to have it on easy street. Uh, one town, Leslie and I lived one time, there actually was an easy street. Um, and uh, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, but the reality is you can live on easy street, but life isn't easy, even on easy street. Life is hard sometimes, and it's difficult. Even when we're making right choices. But here's the thing that Jesus said, if you'll follow me, you'll be blessed. Remember, he said, blessed are the persecuted, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble. He said, you know, don't, the, the, all of those things that Jesus talked about in that Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, 
are antithetical. They're opposite of the way the world thinks. The world takes those things that Jesus said were great in the Beatitudes and says, those things are stupid. Those things are dumb. Don't do those. But God says, you know what? The, the way to happiness and fulfillment is in these things, not the things of this world. And so understand that the choice you make, whether you're going to allow your life to be run by the things of this world or God, you can make that choice. But understand this very well, my friend. There will be consequences to the choice that you make. There will be consequences to the choice that you either good or bad, depending on if you make a good choice or you make a bad choice. There are consequences. And consequences don't, are not always bad. Sometimes they're good. Uh, and so, uh, and sometimes, even by the way, the things that to us seem bad really turn out to be good in, in the end because God works it out that way. And only He can do that, by the way. And the last thing that I want us to see this morning not only are we called to be an example uh, of choices that we show folks. Uh, not only children, but ourselves, other believers, and those that are outside the church, that there's choices that we make in life and that there's consequences to pay. But we also need to let folks know that there's an example of Christ. He said, listen, Christ was there. He was the rock that led the people. He was there in that fire at night that showed them their way, and the cloud by day that kept the sun from them, and uh, the, the cloud that separated the children of Israel from Pharaoh's army. The Lord was right there in the midst of them. And even though he was right there in the midst of them, people did not listen. But even when Jesus came to earth in bodily form and lived among us, people didn't really listen to him then either. Some did. But they were in the minority. The great majority of people did not listen to him, even when he was right, even when they saw Jesus do miracles. Now here again, I think if I saw this guy call out somebody's name that we had just buried and put in a tomb, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus got up and came forth, I believe that would change my life, and it would change my impression about who Jesus was. But for many people that saw that, they were impressed by it for a few minutes. But by the next day, they'd forgotten all about it. I don't believe I would have forgot about that. So Paul wants us to see, he says, listen, understand this, that Christ was there leading the people and yet they didn't follow. And so they didn't make it to the promised land. He said, friends, you take that, and that was written for your admonition that you don't follow down that same path. And then he said in verse 12, um, he said, you know what? We uh, need to take heed unless you fall. In other words, uh, in another place it says walk circumspectly. In other words, pay attention to what's around you and be careful where you step. Satan is real. And though I think that he doesn't cause us to make the choices we make, 
He's waiting for us to make some bad decisions or put us in a place where we're prone to make bad decisions, and he will pounce on us the moment we make those bad choices. Peter says, that old devil is walking around seeking who he can devour. But here's the other thing, and this wasn't even part of my sermon, this is free information. James says, you know what? If you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Here's the truth. Stay away from rattlesnakes, you won't get bitten by one. But you get close to enough one, chances are pretty good you're going to get bit. But, so Paul says, listen, there's an example of Christ. And then in verse 13, he said, I want you to understand, church at Corinth, there is no temptation that comes your way but that which everyone else deals with. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. But he said, listen, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. This verse, because of our different languages and different cultures, it's hard for us to understand what this verse is talking about. It's not that we're not faced with temptation. We all know that we are, and we struggle with temptation. And there's trials and temptations all around us every day. Uh, and what might be a temptation for me is not a temptation for you, and what might be a temptation for you is not a temptation for me. So but Paul is saying that, hey, listen, all of us have this common experience of temptation. But he says you do not have to be done in by that temptation. The reality is sin will destroy your life. That's what it does. The only thing that sin can do is destroy and kill. Though it looks shiny and pretty and it promises wealth and it promises all kinds of great things, it doesn't deliver on those promises. What it delivers is sin and is death and destruction. But Paul says here, he reminds us that, hey, listen, you do not have to be destroyed by that temptation. Now, we all know people, and maybe we've even had seasons in our life where we were wrecked by temptation, and, you know, we just, you know, did, made very bad choices, and, you know, our life turned, you know, bad for a little while because of the choices that we made. But here's the thing, God is faithful. And he won't leave you just like he didn't leave the children of Israel as they were wandering around in the desert. If you read that story, while they were in that desert, God fed them. And God gave them water. And God continued to dwell among them even though they had chosen to disregard his word in his directions. And so, Paul said, hey listen, God has given you the ability to overcome temptation. In other words, so that God's not going to put, allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. In other words, what you're able to endure and make it to the other side of. 
doesn't mean that everybody always gets to the other side because sometimes we don't endure. Sometimes we give in. And we give up. And we're defeated when we give up. But here's the thing, as long as we're being faithful to God, as long as we're fighting, the Bible says we'll not be defeated. 1 John, uh, I believe it's 4.4, 4, says, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Christ is fighting for you. Paul raises Christ in a couple different ways in these 15 verses. And in this last verse, that we re- the verse 13 that we read through 15, Paul is reminding us that Jesus Christ set an example for us. He showed us. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 5, uh, verses 14 through 16. And uh, it's going to be in the ESV, um, English Standard Version. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest, and the high priest is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So Jesus was tempted every way we are, and yet he was not defeated by it. He did not give in to sin. And because he was perfect and sinless, he was able to shed his innocent blood for my sin debt and for your sin debt and the sin debt of all of the world. And that's the truth and the wonder of the amazing gospel that shows us that power that was in that blood that we sang about this morning. And so Paul is showing us, hey, Christ lived and he walked like you do. And he was faced with the things you are faced with. And he overcame them. And so if you'll follow in his steps, you can overcome them too. But not in your own strength. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Well, who's that him? It's Christ. That verse does not say as a child of God, you can do whatever you want to do. It does not mean that you you have the strength to you know, avoid making bad choices. But what it means is as long as you are tied with Christ and you're following Christ and you're allowing Him to work through your life, you can accomplish all the things that God has for you to accomplish, including enduring and making it through temptation successfully. By the way, Jesus was the only one to have ever done that. But here's the thing, he knows the way, he knows how to do it. And here's the thing, he promises that he'll guide us, he'll show us the way. But here's the thing, my friend, Jesus will show us the way. But you remember what we talked about first, that we all have choices to make? Jesus will show us the way, but we have to make the decision to follow him. 
And sometimes the path that Jesus takes us on and leads, wants to lead us down because he knows it's the best road for us is rocky. And sometimes it's steep. Sometimes it's narrow. Sometimes it's dark. But here's the thing, we don't have to be afraid as long as we're near Jesus because he's not going to let us fall. And so Jesus said, it wants us and allows us to make that choice to follow him, but we can also say, you know what? I don't think I want to go down that road. I want to stay here on Easy Street. God will let you. But don't be surprised when there's consequences that come. Now there's good consequences when we follow Jesus. And by the way, those consequences are not always good the way we think of good. In the last hundred years, there have been more people martyred for their faith, in other words, killed for their faith, than all the previous uh, 1900 years since uh, the birth of Jesus combined. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people killed around the world simply for believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they were killed because they would not deny that. Well, wait a minute. It says that, you know what? God's going to be with it and God's going to be with us and help us to endure. But you see, this life is not all there is. There's eternity. And here's the reality. Those martyrs, though they left this world, As they left this world, they entered eternity with God. And they've been spending their time with Him in, in, in a place there is no temptation, and there is no sorrow, and there's no pain, and there's no sin uh, that mars our existence. So the reality is you can do all things, but not alone. You can do all things, including overcoming temptation, through Christ. Because Christ has made you new and because Christ will be with you and will, he will help you to be able to get through those storms of temptation that you can survive them. And not only survive them, but come out stronger on the other side. And so the reality is, is that you are living an example for others. You are either an example of the transforming grace and transforming power of an almighty God and an almighty Savior named Jesus Christ. Or you are living an example that God won't make you do what he wants you to do. And you're experiencing bad consequences of that. But here's the thing you need to understand that you've made the choice. And you're enduring those consequences because you chose to. But here's the thing, God said in John, 1 John 1, 9, he writes this. God is faithful and just. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So friends, you maybe have made a bad choice. Making one bad choice does not mean that you have to make a lifetime of bad choices. God and a relationship with Jesus Christ can help you make different choices.
God gives us the power to live a life differently through His strength and through His power. But we have to make that choice. He's not going to demand that you do. Even though I, as your pastor, wish sometimes He would just knock you upside the head with a good old gospel stick and make you do what you're supposed to do. He's not going to do that. And He doesn't do it with me either. And the truth is, I need it as much as you do, and some days I need it more than you do. But the reality, he's not, that's not the way he works. Say, all right, you want to do that? Go ahead. Go on. And he's waiting for us to realize, you know what? I'm such a dummy. I'm making these bad choices because I'm not doing what God's asked me to do. I'm not following his lead. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not praying. I'm not being obedient to how the Holy Spirit is leading my life. And so I've got to change. And when we change and go back to the way God wants us to go, He meets us and He restores us. And what a great joy that is. And so God gives us that promise and how we accomplish it, how we live an example that will point others to Jesus is by trusting him. That's the only way. Not trusting your pastor, not trusting your parents, not trusting your spouse, not trusting your children. Trusting Jesus. And so friend, I ask you this morning, are you trusting him? You know, are you living an example that honors him in how you live your life? Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, thank you for the truth of your scripture. You have proclaimed to us this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 the reality that we all have choices to make. And Lord, if there's one here today that's never made the choice to follow you, they've never really sincerely just accepted that great sacrifice, Lord, would today be the day that you would help them to surrender, to simply say a prayer like, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I deserve to spend eternity in hell because of that. But I also know your son Jesus gave his life and shed his innocent blood to pay my sin debt, and I received that free gift. Come into my life and make me new. Lord, maybe one of your children here today, there's many that have prayed a prayer like that, that made that decision. And they're seeing the good consequences of following Jesus. Lord, maybe there's one of your children here today that's fallen a little away from you. Maybe they've gotten off the path a little bit. And today you're speaking to them, saying, you know what, come back to me. Get back right. Make the best choice and that choice is to repent. Simply call it, Lord, forgive me. And understand that you will forgive and you will restore. And Lord, for all of us, you've spoken to us today and reminded us that there are little eyes and big eyes watching us. There are people all around us that need to see what a person who's living for God looks like. And Lord, we may be the only example that they see, so help us to live a good example before others. 
Lord, help us to be able to know the truth that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not on our own. On our own, we can do nothing. But with Christ, I can do all things. Help us, we pray. Let's stand together. We're singing hymn of invitation. Uh, this morning, there's a decision you need to make. You, I encourage you to make that decision today. Uh, maybe you just need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe there's some things in your life that you need to get right. Can I tell you that while God's speaking to you, that now is the time to get it right. We're not promised tomorrow. And we're not even promised later today. But we are promised right now. We have right now while God's speaking to us. Let's sing.